now on PG Podcast Network, it's time for the year-round carnival with Vince Accardi and your host, Racetrack Rolfie. G'day, thanks so much for checking out our year-round carnival podcast where, well, each and every Monday we look back on things, but we're going to look back on Tuesday because, of course, there was feature meetings in Cranbourne and at Newcastle, giving Vince a chance to clock everywhere. G'day, Vince Accardi. <laughs> Good morning, Rolfie. Well, new, 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 different tracks, new challenges, but you clock everywhere anyway. Yeah, well, <laughs> I guess different but the same. They're absolutely right. Hey, uh, we'll start with Cranbourne, where the Cranbourne Cup was. And this time last week, we were talking about two things. We just wanted to back horses out of the five diamonds up at, up at uh, Rose Hill. We said what an unbelievably strong race that was going to be. And we're also talking about how Mark Zara in the, in the Melbourne Cup just perfectly rode the wave. Well, um, Uncle Bryn was a horse that we was the, the one the uh, won the Cranbourne Cup, of course. And Uncle Bryn, uh, this is what we wrote: one point four legs above benchmark, ranked fifth in the day. Was well backed, coming off an easy sale Cup win, but the race shapes couldn't have been more contrasting here. Benchmark at the eight hundred, yet seven point five legs from the leader winner Ellsberg, compared to minus nine point eight at sale, and only five legs from the leader. So we, we went on to obviously break it down in detail but the point being at sale he's come from a very slow tempo and exploded at uh, rose hill he got beaten but it was a much much faster race quick backup mark zara rode the wave perfectly yeah fantastic really when you look at it like that ralph performance wise at cranbourne 1.3 second best of the day virtually matching what it did at rose hill of 1.4 fifth best of the day of course like you said different race dynamics in terms of shape but just sort of confirms when you've got a rock hard fit horse profiling in top form they only need to turn up and repeat and they're very hard to beat we also see regularly the um the the, the only real danger with with um and of course assuming the animals in good order of course the quick backup is going really fast to really fast well this horse in this case it, being a midfielder it sort of suited him because he it was little chance of him being flat that's right, Ralphie, and part of that is you only have to look, go back to the 8th of October when it went 0.8 above benchmarks. That was the day that it got the first taste of real speed, yep. and then, like you said, at sale, when it won, it was a very, very soft speed, then backed up into, again, you know, good even benchmark speed. That set this horse up to be, like, right on point. Very hard to fault, but I guess the big question is, I don't know. What happens now? Is there any other good races around? I mean, or are they going to go to Bendigo or something? Yeah, I, I suspect they'll probably pull the pin uh, for, for that reason. I mean, uh, the Packham Cup's over too far and right. Ballarat, they won't back him up again. So, okay. yeah, that might be uh, – might be. Well, I suppose the Sandia meeting, there's now going to be a Caulfield. There, there could be a, a good race there. So we'll wait and see. But in other words, he's, he's obviously in the zone. And uh, and what about this Mark Zara ride, though, Vince? This was a high-pressure race. The leaders completely overdid it. Yeah, pretty not pretty smart in terms of how fast they went through that first section. But this is what happens. They get excited. The track's good surface, 7.7 lengths above benchmark. Well, both those runners, Light, Lightsaber and No Surrender, wow, you know, like I was surprised that they went that hard. But I guess what do you do? That's how the horse must have felt good. Actually, this is an interesting point. So Alistair, who's, uh, who's emailed Vince uh, on Sunday, I always send our, our members an email uh, to ask if they want to put a question to you. Um, do fast tracks generally equate to stronger speed in races? Well, the velocity of the ground just allows them to naturally roll at a quicker tempo, just naturally. Yeah. It, it doesn't always equate to fast speed. Like, example, this race here, to go plus 7.7, .7, okay, 
if we look just purely at the track speed, the track speed probably, if you look at the average for the day, the daily track average is saying two lengths, 2.17. So that accounted for a couple of lengths. The rest is intent. Yep. So overdoing it on top of a good track. Yeah. Horses want to roll and run fast. So you talked about Uncle Bryn having a good platform. I reckon Visanari didn't have a good platform uh, for that type of speed, but he has gone this fast before when he was just beaten by Tuvalu in the winter final. Well, how good is that form held up through the spring with Tuvalu winning a Turak and then running a second in the big mile to Alligator Blood? I reckon now he's got that platform. He needed that that fast speed because he wasn't ready for it on Saturday. Well, really, the fast-paced horses, that was the only other runner that was still there. So probably unlucky that it got, in, that, got that sort of race shape off, <laughs> off two runs. <laughs> I'll ask about a couple more from Cranbourne before we have a look at Newcastle. Garza Blanca in race four. Well, it just crushed the opposition. Now, Greece was short favourite. Yeah, it had a bit of traffic, but... Garza Blanca um, was very good at, uh, was it Murtoa or <laughs> two starts earlier and then just didn't turn up on the soft ground at, at Caulfield. It looked good to the eye. Would the clock say there's a horse to follow? Well, overall performance, pretty sh- solid for this type of horse, Ralphie. It's only a lightly raced horse, 0.3 above, fourth best of the day. Just sort of reiterating that you had to perform at a good level to, to be able to break benchmark. <sighs> well... This is what happens sometimes, Ralph. Even though this horse had a really easy win at Matoa on wet ground, like just smashed the competition, how much superior is the horse on dry ground? It's improved at least three lengths, and it just confirms what can happen with ground conditions. It doesn't mean this horse can't handle wet. I mean, WTI sort of indicates that you can handle some given the ground, even though I probably doubt very much. You know, that track was a lot closer to S5. Is it Matoa? Yeah. Right. Whereas so overall, Caulfield, it was genuinely wet. Yeah, very wet. And you can yeah. see the WTI, not very good. Right. And uh, I'll just, just finish with uh, another one that looks super. The eye was Jigsaw in the sprint. Uh, it, it's come to play. And I kept on thinking, Vince, this horse on debut beat Artorius at Geelong. It was a really fast race. We were tracking the two-year-olds at the time. And then for a while you thought, well, maybe he's like what most horses. They, they don't improve on their first prep. Well, this time it says he has. Yeah, well, this one surprised me a little bit in, in one sense, Ralph. I mean, 2.5 above benchmark, best of the day. And then you have a look at the way the race shape was. This was like all merit to this horse. First section, 0.2 above benchmark. That's a good speed for 1,000 metres. I just love the mid. The mid-race move between the 8 and the 400 was really solid. 5.2 lengths above Overall, last 400 was above benchmark, but there's the deterioration. Just over the last 200, Ralphie, 0.7 below, lost around 2.7 lengths of velocity late. That sort of indicates that not only did the horse use a lot of energy through the first two sections, but it sort of gives you the indication that perhaps this horse is going to improve further. And, and the, the mid-race is an important part, Vince, that you've, you've mentioned there with uh, Ethan Brown's ride. I mean, if someone said to you before a race, well, this horse is going to win a 1,000-metre race with just the 29th best last 200 today, you'd think they were crazy. But that's what happens if you use your, your horse's speed at the right part of a race. Oh, for sure. I have no doubt. And as long as they don't have a quick backup here, Ralphie, they've, they've got a horse that's come back, you know, a, a, a much stronger runner. I mean, Look, I'm, I don't know if the horse is going to be able to advance on the 2.5, but what I do know is there's a big chance that within the next two starts, this horse is going to repeat that performance. 
And at this time of year, that, that's probably going to be a win again. <laughs> yeah, and, and up, up over more distance and the horse will be able to relax a little bit more. And what it ha- what it does have, it has this capability of a really strong 400-metre sprint. We didn't see it in the last 400 here, but we've definitely seen it between the eight and the four. So all in all, I mean, there was predicted rain that missed the track. <laughs> I, I, I thought Cranbourne played perfectly. Sensational, yeah. absolutely. Long may this continue right through the summer. <laughs> we just we, we want the weather bureau to predict right every week and it just not not hit. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> That'd be perfect. All right. Uh, speaking of, uh, of a track out wide getting its big day, it was, it was Newcastle. That was uh, it was a big prize money day. How did Newcastle play, Vince? Yes. Wow. <laughs> it's a quirky track. It, it, well, it is a quirky track. It's a good track, though, Ralphie. Yep. It, it is a good track, and like everything, you love it when the rain can stay away and horses can run on good ground. Overall, the daily track rating sort of pretty much came up just marginally better than benchmark, but after the adjustments and that, I felt that the track overall played around a length faster than standard, which is really it, – it's almost optimum surface. All right, the big, the big uh, prize money hunter was won by by Valana. Your race speed profiles, which you can get via daily sectionals every uh, every Saturday morning. It's the premium product, and at the moment, Vince, you're pretty busy, aren't you? Are you doing four states at the moment, or just three? Yeah, it's four. It's pretty busy. Yep, yep. Good Yep. All right. Well, Valana on your race speed profiles, which you had on top, uh, drops back here to 1,300 on the back of your 25th best of the day, 0.5 above benchmark performance when finishing eighth in the Golden Eagle. That performance was certainly a pass mark and big claims to be made, though, each of his two runs this prep that he's right at the peak of his powers with the expectation he'll press to his historical PB of 1.6 lengths above benchmark here. So, in other words, trainer's intent, set for the race, and he delivered. Uh, what did he deliver on the day in winning? Yeah, overall beautiful performance, Ralphie, 2.5 above, best of the day. That's a new PB for the horse as well. Not by a lot, by about three quarters of a length, but that's great to see given last campaign it peaked at 1.7. I had an expectation this horse could run at least to that figure. I love the way this runner was able to control that speed through the first section. What I mean by that, well, the lead speed 1.6 above in the Congo, that's a good speed for that horse as well. But for Valana to be sitting you know, two, three lengths off that, I just felt that that was the perfect position to be in. No overextension in the mid-race, which really meant that the on-pace runners were going to be hard to run down. And realistically, out of the top four finishes in that race, that winner, Valana, was the strongest overall last 200 metres, plus 1.5. Pretty solid, Ralphie. It's crazy this within the Congo, and, and you mentioned it with your race speed profiles, and it's something that hasn't changed in the ten years of work with your vids. Murderous tempo horses just can't cope on the fourteen day backup, except for one stable, the Waterhouse one. Yeah, well, they, <laughs> it's just amazing. I don't know how they do it, but they're the ones that you can follow. Of course, we also like one thing is Ralphie when they can go to almost ten lengths slower. Yeah, yeah, that's absolutely. a big help, right? To overcome flatness and look at that ten point one versus one point six. They couldn't have scripted any better. They just bumped into one horse that I felt wasn't a better horse, but was just the way the race shape played out. It was just golden for for Valana. That was really just the difference between the two. 
You often say with small, some smaller stables, horses race themselves into fitness. I, I can't help thinking this is the case with Apache Chase. There's some big prize money coming up in in, uh, in Brisbane over the summer, and uh, and this horse now looks ready uh, third up and finally had a run on uh, on clean ground. Yeah, that run would have done a world of good, Ralphie. It was, are they going to go to Western Australia? Uh, I'm not sure on that one. I, I, I no, didn't see okay. it in the noms for no. It's not in the noms for West Australia, so I assume it'll be back home to uh, Queensland. Oh, then we're going to make some money out of it. <laughs> you reckon he's better than him in Queensland? Oh, I have no doubt this time <laughs> of the year for sure. Yeah, yeah, that's a, that's a beauty. So that was the, that was the main race there. Um, and, and as I said, you, you've been a bit busy with it at Scott as well. Now this this week we're going to do the uh, preview podcast because. Group One Racing returns. We uh, we called Year Round Carnival for a reason. We track the uh, the big races, Railway and the Guineas. We're going to do. Uh, we'll do it slightly differently because you know we've got the advantage on a Saturday morning now. Obviously with uh, with WA later later start uh, for the Eastern States here, so it means we can uh, we can do a bit of a longer podcast on the Saturday. So on the Friday we'll do the Guineas and obviously deep dive into the Railway. Vince, they've been running fast in Perth at the moment. <laughs> That running fast is an understatement. That <laughs> track is on fire. Like I mean, on fire. G three. I don't know. Maybe some confusion. F two is probably a lot more like what's going on in Western Australia. Quick tracks, and if you if you don't like. You know, good quick surfaces don't turn up in Western Australia. <laughs> Absolutely. So you can get it via our preview podcast section of my website, racetrackralphie.com.au. You get the Vince's uh, race speed profiles, which are, like I said, available via daily sectionals. And uh, you'll be doing the uh, the big um, ooh, the big uh, gong meeting too this week at Kemba. Uh, yes. So that, that'll uh, okay, keep everyone honest there, Vince. But uh, I, can I can I do a little head wobble for finding this will test you from uh, from Ascot on our Sizzlers a couple of weeks back? Uh, now terrific sprinting mare, now in the veteran stage, second up here when well backed, got into a race shape that was too testing. Pardon the pun for her for her due to a monster mid race exertion. Resume this track distance fifteen ten with one length above benchmark when no second to Miss Contiki, who also beat a deer here. The difference was in going minus one point three at the eight hundred to plus six point seven mid race. She increased her speeds eight lengths. So I went on to explain further, obviously, in the sizzlers, but Vince, that's the point. Race shapes are just so important here. They really are, and you're not wrong about Ralphie about A the way you identified in the in the sizzlers. It was just the first up run was a great indicator, going plus one, top ten. Even the second up run was still sound, given the circumstances and the high pressure of the race shape. The big question was just going to be, how is this horse going to back up 14 days? Could Is it possible the horse could be flat, yes or no? That was really the big key. But this horse turned out and actually ran a new PB. Only marginal, last campaign, best performance for, for its life was at Ascot in February, 1,200 metres, 3.5 above. Best of the day. Here it is, 3.8. And that just confirms another thing, Rolfie, about these mares when they're not overtaxed. Now, I don't, I don't can't say we've seen one at seven. Definitely we've seen them till six that yep. they've improved. But this horse, okay, 0.3, maybe we can say it's virtually the same. But from the way I'm looking at it, the stable – could not have this horse any better. I guess the big challenge now is when you look at the breakdown, have a look at that breakdown, Ralphie. First section, golden, 1.1 length below benchmark. They couldn't have got it any sweeter in terms of controlling that speed. But in the mid-race, it was a 
big extension going 6.3 above, but that last 400, Ralphie, I'm just sitting back here going, oh, my goodness, how quick's the track? Plus seven. I mean, that is just phenomenal. Phenomenal. And, and look, one point you make is, okay, the track's fast. Righto. So if you're saying Bolt's running on grass and you and me are on concrete, do you still want to back Usain Bolt? I do. <laughs> right? Oh, so, yeah, for sure. So, so let's look at the raw figures. 12.3 leagues above benchmark. So there's no way way you could uh, slice or dice this to not say this was a stunning performance. Uh, it was absolutely stunning. And the horse, <laughs> the way it did it look ridiculously easy for it too. I mean, Red, Red Cam Man, I heard the trainer just before they sort of jumped about how keen and confident. He was spot on in his assumption and the way he felt the horse was going. He had a high expectation that the horse was going to run or was going to be hard to beat, or definitely was going to be in the finish. So, <sighs> just the downside was bumped in a horse who just had that superior last 400 metres, and it was just, again, just that giving away that couple of lengths of breathing space, Ralphie. That's all it was, being in the golden position at the 800 metre mark. That's all it is, tagging the lead speed three lengths versus one length. That's the difference. My goodness, uh, talk about the raw times here. I'm just going to give the, the raw sectionals and then you can tell me via the benchmark. Miss Contigi, was this a run? 43-48, last 800, last 200. It's broken 11 seconds. R- Ralphie, <laughs> that's one of the best runs I've seen in Western Australia for quite some time. <laughs> I, look, I, some, I don't understand maybe... It, was this a race that they targeted? It's not a race. I don't know about those things, Ralphie, but what I do know is out the back, in absolutely no chance, the way this horse finished was unbelievable. <sighs> Seeing's believing, just go back and watch it. <sighs> oh, 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 you know. <sighs> of course, this is what I'm saying, Ralphie. 5.5 lengths below benchmark. I would say realistically, two lengths too far back. Had you been two lengths closer, the horse probably wins. That's the twelve hundred win. The twelve hundred win winner bottom in two weeks' time, Vince. Well, I'll tell you now, they don't need to do any more work with this horse. <laughs> right, <laughs> there's a little bit of a lead there. So, uh, um, what else do we want to ask you? I want to ask you from uh, from Don. Now, Don's asked a question about, mate. Can you explain to an old fella how do you work out a mid race squeeze? Firstly, it's under my understanding it's worked from the raw figures between the 800 and 400. So, yes, correct in that point. Say the figures of the winners are 44, 68, 22, 28, respectively at the 800 to 400. The difference between them is 22, 38. What do I use with a figure to work out? It's very good, average below. Hope you get my guess, but I hear you and Vincicardi talk of mid-race squeeze being enormous. I say to myself, I wish I could assess it like that. Week in, week out, I do the form in South Australia. So, Vince, I'll, get, I'll, I'll give it a go, and you tell me how close I was, right? Yep. <laughs> so I say the best analogy you can use with a mid-race squeeze is you use much more petrol on a freeway if you're changing lanes from behind a truck going 80 k's to then have to go to 110 than if you're already going from 105 to 110, isn't it? So you've got to measure that if you're going slowly to go fast than already cruising at a good speed. Yes, well, that's – yes, correct. I guess the big challenge is – I guess he was he was just trying to understand how how does he create that figure to know that himself. One way to do it really simply is at the moment you're doing sizzlers, aren't you, for Western Australia? No, no, we I am for Western Australia, but he's yeah, he's, Western he Australia, sorry. Australia, but yeah, we do yep. them everywhere. Yeah, yeah. so at the, the moment you're doing it. So, pff, what do you charge for the service? 
Well, it's eighty dollars for the six weeks. For the six, <laughs> that's a probably a top investment for the next six weeks. Right. Well, as we honestly, it is. Through. Yeah, because yeah. it's fifty-five dollars. We we sell the the data fifty-five dollars for the meeting, and the reason why I'm only suggesting it why it's a top investment because I get it when you're wanting to learn how to utilize this type of methodology and how can you do it into the future. Well, one of the best ways to do it is if you can get a, your hands on the actual data and study it over the next five to six weeks where you've got the brilliant racing, then you're going to have a better understanding about how you can apply it using what you just said, Ralphie, as part of the process of uh, understanding, okay, how do you at least benchmark lead speed to therefore give you the, the highs and lows? Like everything, you can go to the Western Australian website and get the raw sectionals. Then go down a download a whole bunch of it, and you can start creating a part time, and it'll give you some insights. Of course, it's not not going to be as dynamic as this tool because this is a tool that we've been using for a long time, has a lot of algorithms, Ralphie. But it's a great way to do it, and for eighty dollars, it's like a gift. Seriously. Yeah, well, pay for itself for late trade on Sunday. So I was going to say that's not even including the comments you put. I mean, I don't know anybody yeah. that writes more than you, Ralphie, on the planet. Seriously, I don't. <laughs> well, hopefully, it's the right uh, right info. We're very passionate about what we do, Vince, and that's uh, when we get uh, good customers uh, like Don, who's a member. Of yeah. course. Uh, we we really appreciate that, and that, uh, and when Elite Street does the right thing by us, we're even happier. <laughs> so- well, it's it's imp- this is good. I'm glad you brought up Elite Street. And this is again the seeing is the is believing. They're both out the back, both these yeah. runners. Sorry, I'm referring to Elite Street last year where we had oh. him in, in the winter bottom. But yeah, t- tell us about his run. Yeah, like it's hard not to feel that Miss Kentucky's run was better, Ralphie. It's just hard not to see it any other way. I guess the big question is now who's going to come on more from the run, and where are you in your campaign? Well, I'm sure we're going to break it down in a lot more details yeah. in the coming couple of weeks. But I just felt that when I looked at these two runners, right now at this point in time, who looks the far superior runner? This is without doing a deep dive. It's definitely Miss Kentucky. Like to give it three lengths head start and finish so much superior in the end. Just have a look at that closing last 200, almost two lengths faster, Ralphie. Yeah, it's pretty serious, pretty serious speed, isn't it? So yep. we'll all break all that down in Sizzlers. Uh, in the meantime, this Friday, we're going to have a chat and uh, preview the railway and the guineas on Saturday morning. We'll do a longer podcast, as I said, because we've got that uh, that, that time uh, on our sleeve. And uh, next Monday, we'll break it all down on Year Round Carnival.